Welcome, Disciple Makers, and thank you for joining us. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board Discipleship Team, led by Scott Sullivan, exists to help churches take the next step toward becoming a healthy, disciple-making church. We've developed tools to help you, like the Watershed Principle, which identifies six main ministries needed to be a healthy church. The Spark Conference, a total church strengthening event that allows you to access keynotes and breakouts all year long for ongoing training in your ministry area. This year's conference features keynote speakers Fred Luter, Michael Catt, Todd Bolsinger, and Robbie Gallaty, as well as online and in-person regional events. Learn more at www.thesparkconference.com. We also have learning communities across Georgia to sharpen, encourage, and resource leaders personally and professionally. Find a community near you at gabaptist.org discipleship. Don't forget you can find our previous episodes on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and your favorite podcast platform. Now let's join today's broadcast or podcast. Hey everyone, guess what time it is? It's lunch time. Today on the broadcast, we have Hans Wunsch, Associational Missionary down in the Mallory Association down in Albany, Georgia, uh, and Ray Sullivan on here. Now, a uh, couple things as we get going here, we want you to be commenting uh, in the chat because we want to give you some swag and uh, send some stuff your way. And we're real excited um, to have on Hans today. Hans is a personal friend. Um, my name is uh, PJ Dunn. <laughs> I'm the discipleship consultant here in the Northwest Northeast. And Hans and I uh, connected while we, we lived down in Albany there. And uh, famously, he came and, and tried to help rescue me on my truck one time uh, and helped us and just uh, very much is is part of our family, um, and and we love him very much. And so, uh, Dr. Wunsch um, has been doing a podcast called Wunsch Time. Uh, so we definitely want to give him a shout out for that. And um, and Hans, you can talk about that here in just a second and how that came about to focus on bivocational pastors. Um, but we also want you to go uh, check out Dr. Wunsch's book. So proclaiming. The Kingdom of God. Uh, you can buy that on Amazon, and it is a fantastic book, and we're going to be talking about that topic uh, today. So, Dr. Wunsch, welcome to the Discipleship Wunsch Time. Do you mind if we use it that way? Sure. Or we could be a Wunsch break. So. Ah, there it is, Wunsch break. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the podcast real quick. Oh, yeah, we... sure. So um, my, my son, my oldest son, who's a seminary student at Southeastern, came to me one day and said, hey, when are you going to be like all the cool VOMs and have a podcast? And I'm like, there are cool VOMs. <laughs> um, and so I, I thought about it and, and thought some more about it. And I thought, you know, most of my pastors have a 30 minute commute at some point in time during a two week period. So if I can give them something that they can redeem that time to help them in their ministry, that'll, that'll help take what's often lost time and, and turn it into something that will be helpful to them. So that's what I've done. It's been going on for almost a year now, I, I guess, as this is uh, being broadcast, it is a year. And so um, we're excited about that. Um, and, and just been focusing on uh, bivocational pastors interviewed a number of them guys that have been doing it and killing it for decades, uh, not just months. And honestly feel like that's where the Lord has them on purpose and, and really are celebrating the fact that they are bivocational. So I like it. Uh, I'm a little biased. 
but uh, I've had great people on like PJ Dunn talking about how to minister uh, to singles and uh, other folks as well. So encourage folks to check it out. It's on Amazon. It's on Google. It's on Spotify. It's on um, what's the one I'm missing? Apple. Apple. Um, Apple. Yeah, that one. The big, uh, the big one. Yeah. 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 The big, the biggie. And <laughs> you can also go and download any episode on the website, which is wunchtime.com. And that's uh, Wunch with a W, just like lunch. All right. Well, that it is definitely worth the sign up. And uh, and we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God and part of that book here more. Um, and so Ray Sullivan is with us. And, uh, you know, Ray, we get to fight over Hans, you know, and, and since we had that connection in Southwest and now I'm in the North and Ray is our Southwest Southeast consultant. One third of Georgia is where J, uh, Ray goes to, to make disciples. Now, Ray, I want to ask you, we always say you do blueberry picking. But what I want to know is one, what is one thing we don't know about blueberry picking? What is one? Oh, man, surprise me with that one. I, you know, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's not really one thing we would know about blueberry picking, but when you go to the store to buy blueberries, you just don't realize how many different varieties that there are blueberries. And you would think all blueberries taste the same, but I could tell you just here on our farm, we've got five different varieties and they all taste different. Um, so um, you don't know what kind of variety you're getting um, when you buy blueberries in the store. But I would say buy American, especially Georgia blueberries. <laughs> buy local, buy blueberries, local. support your local berries. And, um, and that would explain, because, you know, sometimes you know, I just grab them, right, when I'm at the store. But there are times where you're like, oh, this does taste different. So, Ray, kick us off with our first question. Get us going here. I will. And I was thinking, PJ, when you said that, you know, Hans and I, or you and I have both had the opportunity to work with Hans. And I, I was thinking back when we're talking about the kingdom today, you know, we talk about heaven, you know, whose who's associational missionary will he be in heaven? Uh, <laughs> well, he's going to share a city block with me. Okay. I've already right. kind of figured out who's going to be on my block in heaven. And so I don't know if he's going to be over your area or not. I think it would have been a great question for them to ask Jesus, whose who's AM will he be? Um, but we have sure enjoyed working with Hans. And I'm going to tell uh, every pastor out there, really, whether you are bivocational or not, man, that lunch time podcast, Hans, it's been great for me. I, I listen to it. I enjoy it. I have learned so much. And I do like the fact that you do it in like 30 minutes, you know, so it's one of those things that usually on a commute, and I love podcasts, and I'm on the road so much, but man, thank you for doing that. Even the one with PJ was really good. Um, so uh, y'all check that out. But hey, Hans, let's so let's get right in. We're talking about the kingdom. And, and I read your book, man, I love it. Uh, I would recommend it uh, to anybody that's listening here today. But can, can you explain why you focused on this topic in your book? What, what is it about the kingdom of God and discipleship um, that, that led you to write this book? Sure. Well, uh, it goes back to my work at Anderson University in South Carolina, um, doing my DMEN work and thinking about my final big project uh, and praying through that. And it just so happened that uh, as I was praying about that, came to a book as a part of my um, work called um, Preaching to a Shifting Culture. There it is. And um, there's, a, there's a chapter in there. Um, and, and it's written as it's about what is the most misunderstood topic in the New Testament. And reading through that, the, the author talks about how that the kingdom of God is the most misunderstood 
And I agreed with where he started and I agreed with where he ended, but I didn't see how he got there. Um, Like he got there, but I wasn't tracking with him. And so uh, that that led to some phone calls with him and trying to understand things a little better and him recommending some more books to me and so forth. And I just felt like this is an area where I, I felt like I had a handle on it. And as it turned out, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I really didn't. I was missing the boat big time. And I felt like, I know I'm not the most normal person in the room. I know there are a lot of people who think they are, but I know I'm not. That's that's a given. But at the same time, I felt like this was something that I was misunderstanding along with a lot of other people. And so yeah. if I could if I could take the subject and I, and I could bring it down to the, the pastoral level and, and, and not the academic level, but still have the academic stuff in there. So it's not like I'm trying to say stuff and just pulling things out of my head thinking, well, that's just the way it works, but rather quoting people who are a lot smarter than me and, and experts in Greek and experts in theology and all these other stuff. And I'm just understanding people have been saying this for well over a hundred years, mm-hmm. but we seem to miss the boat. So that's yeah. how it kind of came about. That, that, and, and that is so true because, you know, I think it's a lot like discipleship. It's like the word discipleship. If you were to walk into your church and you were to ask your church members to find discipleship, right? you'll find out you'll get a lot of different definitions. And I, you know, I've never really thought about it until I was reading your book. You know, kingdom of God is the same way. I mean, yeah. uh, the, it would be interesting to just kind of go through the church and say, what is the kingdom of God? How would you define it? So, so after your phone call with this author and, and your further research, what do you think now? Why has the kingdom of God uh, been so misunderstood or, or so neglected over the years in our churches? Well, not to get too deep in the weeds, but do y'all remember the WWJD bracelets? Uh, well, that was a question that was basically pinned by a guy named uh, Walter Rauschenbusch. And he would ask that question. And it's, it's a great question. It's definitely something that we should be asking ourselves. He was also the founder of the social gospel. Uh, and so it's, it's one of those things where I, I don't feel like people knew that when they started strapping that question to his wrist uh, or to their wrists. But and, and so what happened with the social gospel is they were using the term kingdom all the time. And finally, the, the fundamental guys, the, the conservative guys, they finally just said, you know what, if, they, if he wants to have kingdom language, then let him have kingdom language. But when because whenever he would say something about kingdom, he was talking about social gospel kind of things. And so they were like, hey, just let them have it. We'll talk about putting Christ on the throne of our hearts, or we'll, we'll, we'll change it. And Carl Henry, the first uh, editor of uh, Christianity Today, said, guys, if we do this, we're going to lose it. We're, we're going to lose the meaning of the kingdom of God altogether. We shouldn't do this, but they did it anyway. And, of course, if you're a student of discipleship programs like Master Life, I mean, there's a huge section of Master Life talking about how do we put Christ on the throne of our life, which is a a good illustration of how God should reign in our lives. It's just not one that we find in Scripture, Mm. right? And PJ knows I love illustrations. I, I loved to talk about, you know, making analogies between different things. I love doing that, but I find the strongest ones when we're talking about scripture are ones that are actually in scripture. And if we already have one built in, why would we try to invent a different one? And so just by focusing our minds and hearts back on what it is, uh, it it helps a lot. 
Yeah, it's like when you have grandma's mac and cheese and then the stuff in the box. Like you want right. to go for grandma's mac and cheese. All right. Yeah, it all yeah. it all comes back to mac and cheese. And uh when <clears throat> when you were saying a, a few minutes ago about you know how I know I'm not normal or whatever in the room, it's just there's there's a thing that happened during COVID where we didn't get to see each other and we would hop on a, a Zoom call. And and so we didn't see each other in person. Well, then one day we go to an association meeting and I do this when I go see Hans and I'm not a short guy. And then, you know, when we when we do and when Harper uh, got to meet you, she was she was like, he looks like a Hans, you know, so she's like comparing you to, you know, letting it go and frozen and all that kind of stuff. And so you are a unique guy. We love you. And, and this topic really is helpful because there's so many things we can get caught up on ministry with strategy. And, and sometimes we forget to dive deeper into the theological questions, you know, and really exegete what that means so that we can have a foundation for everything. So um, I just want to know, how do we focus on that in disciple making? You know, when we're going and we're making disciples and and I'm sitting on this broadcast with two great preachers uh, that have more sermons than I'll ever write in my lifetime, you know, in their back pocket. And so, uh, Ray, let me go to you first. So, you know, why do we focus on the kingdom in disciple making? Why should we? Well, like Hans said, I mean, I think it's so easy um, for us in this broadcast. I mean, we really could get in the high weeds, and I think we should. I think this is a conversation that that pastors ought to have, and I think it's a great conversation for roundtables, for pastors just to sit around and kind of talk through this. But I, I think, you know, when, when I think about it and I think about my ministry over 30 years, I think in a lot of ways we think about building kingdoms, but they're usually our kingdoms. Hmm. Um and I know we don't want to say that. And I, guys, I am a pastor and I, you know, I pastored a local church. So I, I feel like I can say that because I know how easy it is to, to think about the kingdom as being the church, those people that are right there in that building, in that locale. And so we're doing everything we can to build up that locale mm. and that section of the kingdom. And, and what we're not doing is we're not teaching our people how to reproduce. That's disciple making. We're not teaching our people how to take what's happened in their life and their relationship with God and begin to reproduce that in others. So the kingdom becomes the place. The kingdom becomes the church uh, that's right there in that locale and the ministry that it's doing. And so there, there's a part of that, that that's good. It's the local church is powerful. But I, but I think disciple-making is, is thinking of that worldview. It's thinking about multiplication and reproduction and as disciples, we are kingdom builders. We're not just part mm -hmm. of a kingdom being built there, but we're kingdom builders that is that is present in serving the Lord right now and obeying what he's called us to do, but also looking forward to that time when we are all reunited and we spend eternity with God in heaven. So I, I think I think it's disciple making. When I look at Jesus, I know that Jesus went to the temple. I know that he did ministry there. We see that recorded in scripture, um, but very a very small amount. You know, the, the Bible says that he went to the to the temple as was his custom. But most of we have most of what we have recorded in his disciple making took place outside of that local church, that locale there. And so I think it's important. I think a, an understanding of the kingdom here and now is critical in disciple making to get our people to to believe that it's more than just what's taking place um, in the church at this time there is work to be done. There is relationships to be built that yeah. is working towards now and also uh, to what we're going to see one day uh, when that kingdom is when we're all together. 
uh, yeah. Inventory. So and, I, and we silo siloize. Maybe that's not a word. We siloize, you know, so many things in our life, right? And we put them into different compartments. And mm-hmm. so if you say the kingdom is what I can see in front of me, right? Or the kingdom is just, well, that's what's going to come one day, right? But we don't see the kingdom as, you know, a holistic view, then we don't have a mindset for it. So you're right, Ray, it's easy to build our own little K kingdom mm-hmm. and and be doing God's work in the kingdom. And so then we're easily swayed. But if we don't keep it in front of us on what the kingdom is, then, then you can do that. You can make it a building. You can make it, you know, those those types of things. So Hans, you know, ex- expound on that a little bit and, and focusing on it in disciple making. Well, I would just go and, and just point to, just to kind of boil it all down, point to the great commission where Jesus tells us to go make disciples and, and how, how do we do that by teaching those things that he commanded us, right? Well, what did Jesus talk about the most? The kingdom of God. So the reason why we should be discipling people on what is the kingdom of God is because that's what Jesus talked about the most. In fact, you look at Mark 1 14, where he basically Jesus starts his ministry after John the Baptist is uh, incarcerated. It says that he goes around Galilee uh, proclaiming the kingdom of God. And then on the day that he ascends into heaven, he's talking about the kingdom of God. And like, he just couldn't shut up about it. Yeah. And we're silent. Mm-hmm. Or, or not only are we, we, we may not be silent, but we, we may be so vague about it that people don't really know what it is. It's like the government talks about trillions of dollars. And I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around that. Right. I, I can wrap my head around a one, a five, a 20, a 50, even a hundred every now and then, but trillions like that just, I don't, I don't get it. And so we don't really see the scope of the kingdom because we don't, I don't know that we talk about it in the best possible way, a, a very specific way to help people. Yeah, that, that, that that's good. I, you know, I think about that. I know a pastor that, you know, he does the same thing with the gospel. Every time he's reading scripture, or every time he mentions the gospel, he stops and talks about the gospel. This is the gospel. And I, I think a lot of times as preachers, man, we just, we use these terms, we throw them out there like everybody understands them. And uh, I, I would almost say, yeah, this kingdom term, when we're reading scripture and, it, and Jesus is talking about the kingdom, there needs to be something in our preaching there that says, let's make sure we understand what the kingdom is. So so let's do this, Haas. Let's break it down. Let's get real practical here. Because I know, I know it's a great book and there's a lot in it. But what what would you say is at the heart of the kingdom? And how does that connect to the, our disciple-making process in our churches? Well, so saying the kingdom of God is blank is, is almost as easy as saying the United States is blank. Hmm. If somebody says, define the United States of America, what would you say? I mean, you, you would want qualifiers, right? You would say, well, are we talking about when it was founded? Are we talking about today in 2022? Are we, what are we talking Are we talking about? What, what, what it is judicially, what it is legislatively, what it is, all sorts of things, right? So, but at, at, the, at the heart of the kingdom of God is God reigning. Mm-hmm. And so the kingdom has always been because God has always reigned. And we submit to God's reign in our lives. And so one of the things that I think is, is so important is that we see that the part of the discipleship process, part of the process of us loving the Lord, part of the process of us growing in the Lord is submitting to the Lord's will in our lives. 
understanding that God's will for our lives is infinitely better than our will for our lives. And that's something we give head knowledge to, but we don't really practice. Uh, and or we, we struggle every day with practicing. We know that we struggle with it every day in practicing because we all sin, right, and fall short of the glory of God. So if we would submit to his reign, though, we would sin less, we would accomplish more, we would be remembered as servants of the Lord in, in such a way that would glorify him and honor him, uh, regardless of, of where that path went. Yeah. I know, I know in my life, in my preaching, I probably, um, man, we probably talked more about God's reign when we were talking about what we needed for our crops than we did for, for what was coming um, and, and God's reign in our lives today. Because, I mean, we pray a lot for the reign of God, but maybe it's the wrong reign. Um, that <laughs> Not the R-A-I-N, but the R-E-I-N. Oh, what do you think, PJ? Oh, man, yeah, we had a, you know, I, I got a, an education degree from, from Southwestern. And so they call it the cookie cutter degree sometimes, right? Y'all take shots at, at the, at us, you know, you preachers. And so we were in a class one time and we were trying to make an image of God's reign. And so I'm making a chair or somebody making a crown. Somebody's making a globe, you know, and all this. And then somebody over there draws rain, like literal raindrops coming down, you know, and does that. So I share that story to expose that, yes, we do actually color in the, the over in the education department, but that, you know, you can define it a lot of ways. And if we don't focus on it, if we don't keep it in front of people, we're not going to do it. We always say, man, this is so important. This is foundational. And I know that everything is foundational and everything is important. So, you know, pastors that are listening right now, you, you got to find a way to work it into that yearly rhythm where you're intentionally writing it into your notes. Like I'm going to mention this in a sermon, you know, you don't have to just preach a sermon on something for it to be a value. And too often we just want to make a sermon series on God's reign and say, well, I did that two years ago. And it's like, well, it actually needs to have a drip campaign, if you will. And uh, you can spread it out over a longer period of time. So, you know, um, is can that just, the way we I, focus on add, it? Can I just add something in on that uh, and just say that in, in my book and, and not not just to say, hey, look at my book. But in my book, I, I give some really real life examples of how somebody can make sure as they come to these words, not just kingdom, but, but other words, words like grace, words like redemption, words like the gospel. Um, and when they come to the, to, to stop for just a moment and make sure that we're, we're not just sliding by those words with the, the thought that people know what we're talking about. And I'm reminded of a, a time in my life when I was having a conversation with somebody and I, we were talking about something and uh, theological and the person said, well, I'm of a different faith than you. And I thought, are you, are you Buddhist? Are you, are you Muslim? What, what, well, I'm Methodist. Well, no, that's not a different faith. That's a different denomination. And I think sometimes that may feel like we're splitting hairs, but I, I feel like when we can be very concrete in the things that we say, very, very specific in the things that we say, that that really helps people grasp hold it. And, and be quite honest with you, if, if having children has taught me anything, it's that you've got to say something over and over and over again in order for it to get through their thick skull. Yeah. Um, it's just like my kids don't even listen to me until they've heard it for the third time. <laughs> and even then it's sketchy. So Yeah. 
Yeah. You were, yeah. you were saying though, PJ, I apologize. No, that, that's exactly what I was asking. How do we focus on it? You yeah. know, and how do you focus on anything when everything's important? And so you just got to be strategic in it. Um, you know, we've had Leo Endel on here to be about strategic planning and, you know, it's not just meetings. It's also being strategic in topics, you know, and I, and I say that over in the singles world, you need to be singles friendly. Right. So that means using certain language throughout the year to be friendly to singles because we want to reach the population. Well, the same thing is true of this topic. We just got to make sure that we have it in there and that we talk about it differently. Because I know that growing up, there there were seasons where maybe we talked about it in a sermon, but it wasn't a consistent thing. And until you know we worked on the book and, and I was reading through it, I was like, man, I don't have a holistic view of what this kingdom thing is. And so you're right. When you see kingdom as a disciple, uh, Ray, to your point, then you're going to make disciples because we see the kingdom with that capital K and we go, okay, we need to have disciples who make disciples because we got to grow and it's got to be the kingdom and it's got to, it's not just my kingdom. It's not my disciples, right? It's disciples of of God. So thank you all for the topic today. Absolutely fantastic to talk through this. And um, Hans, how can people get a hold of you? Oh, well, I'm uh, easily found in multiple ways. Uh, first, you can, you can email me if you want to email the podcast. Uh, it's Hans, H-A-N as in nice, S at winchtime.com. You can email me at the association office, which is hwinch at Mallory, which is M-A-L-L-A-R-Y.org. Uh, they, can, um, they can find me through other people. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty easy person to find. In fact, most of the time, all you have to do is look up. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you want to find Hans at the annual meeting this year, we're celebrating 200 years together as Georgia Baptist. When you come to the meeting, you'll see Hans and you can say, hey, I saw you on the broadcast and follow you on lunchtime. And so that's one way to find find Hans. Ray, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I'm just mad. I, I'm, I'm looking at my watch saying, how fast did this go? Because um, we, we just really scratched the surface of this. And I I'd love to continue this conversation sometime, but I just encourage our pastors. I mean, I'm as a, as a fellow pastor, man, it is so easy for us just to kind of, you know, gloss over these words. And um, we, we know that we're living in second generation unchurched now. And, and the terms uh, that we use that we think everybody understands, we, we have got to be much more specific. And, and I agree with PJ. I love the drip. Uh, the drip philosophy. I mean, a, a sermon series would be great. And I, I'm not saying anything against it. I think it'd be great. But in every message, when we come across that, we don't have to do a, a, a complete a dissertation on it, but a thought or a word, just continuing to keep that in front of them. What is the kingdom? And it may only be a sentence or two, but they begin to realize this word, this term, this concept, this reality kingdom is important. Yeah. And I need to know more about it. And so as we mention it more, we're talking about it more, that that stirs the heart of the believer to seek it more. And uh, so, man, I just, oh, uh, good stuff. Uh, we'd encourage guys just to grab the book and and um, let's have some discussions. Uh, some of our discipleship roundtables um, be a great discussion here uh, to talk about how are we using uh, our preaching and our disciple making strategy in our church to emphasize the reign of Christ and the kingdom of God. So Whoa. thank you, Hans. Man, I am um, uh, I'm a fan. I love you, my brother, and I appreciate you doing this and, and serving so faithfully over there in Albany. Thanks, guys. Ben, so appreciate you, the time. 
so you can tell that that Ray's from the South. He says it right. I'm faking. That's right. It, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. doing the best I can. I'm still working on it myself. Don't still, worry about still, it. Still working on it. Well, uh, let the rain drip, everybody. That's that's going to be the takeaway point from today. So thank you for giving to the cooperative program so that we can do this. If you haven't wrote in uh, the chat, go ahead and do that. We do look at that throughout the week, not just when we're live and keep going with y'all. So uh, thank you for joining us today and be a disciple who goes and makes disciples. Thanks for listening. We want to continue the conversation from today's broadcast in a learning community near you. These learning communities are designed to celebrate your biggest wins, resource your greatest need, and help you finish well. We also want to give you a free gift, the five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple makers. You can download this resource by going to ministryboom.com. This five-page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptists to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org discipleship. Engage with us on your time through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. Lastly, if you've benefited from this conversation today, please share this with a friend as we seek to help churches make world-impacting disciple-makers.